Welcome to P.S. You Are Loved, hosted by your girls, Serenity and Tanisha. We're two childhood besties who have been through it all. We'll be sharing ideas and stories about personal growth, self-love, and living your best life. And as always, if you haven't been told yet today, P.S. You Are Loved. Hey everyone, welcome back to P.S. You Are Loved. About 7.30 in the morning. Super excited. Can you, can you tell we're awake? <laughs> this? No, we're super excited to have, have you back. It's, um, we got so much stuff in store for you all. It's going to be awesome. But today we thought, you know what, why don't we just take a step back and let's share a little bit about who your, your two co-hosts are. <laughs> So today, I'm going to be interviewing Serenity, and we're going to be digging deep and finding all about your background, your experience, how you got to do and are killing what you're doing right now um, and your future vision for anyone else who, you know, could obviously looks up to you, but also wants to find their passion and live it as well. I love it. I can't wait. So let's just jump in. Okay. So... For everyone out there, you know, we're best friends. We've been best friends since we were two. I remember Serenity very vividly, always as a child. Very creative, okay? Like, when I say creative, just make, not, I'm not talking, like, make-believe creative, but just always planning things and activities. I remember we had your cousins from the UK come and stay over at your house, and I came and stayed over. There was like six kids or something, plus the two of us. And we were like babysitting them for March break. And we just had like a great system. We've always been a great team. So tell me, let's, let's go back a little bit to your childhood and how you either identified your creativity. Were you supported in that? Tell me, give it, bring us back a little. Um, so I, I don't know. It's so weird. Like when you describe things to me, I don't really like, I never really saw it in that light. And I think that that's, that says a lot because I'm just really just flowing, just doing what I do. If something doesn't work, I move on to the next thing. Um, but I, my creativity definitely started as a child. Um, I think the biggest reason why I felt like I needed to have an outlet is because I really didn't feel understood. I felt like I was like a, a big outcast in my family. Um, I always felt like I was always trying to do things that they weren't trying to do. Um, for example, I played flag football at, you know, at school in elementary school. My dad actually fought for me to be on the team because I was a girl and I was the only girl who wanted to play. Um, I was definitely a tomboy who liked hanging out with the boys because they were just very easy and girls just seemed very complicated. <laughs> um, but in part, in terms of the creativity part, I just constantly liked to create things. I liked to make things, even if I wasn't good at art, it was a constant flow of just ideas and um, concepts and things that I would like to try to see if they would stick, you know, like do other people like this or will my sister think it's cool or will my friends at school think it's cool. Um, and then I have this obsession with making things very color coordinated and very pretty. So that just, you know, traveled into my adulthood. And I even noticed me doing that yesterday where I was sending out these gift cards and I'm writing a nice little note with them. And then like putting stickers, like that is literally my life. So I don't know, just being creative just kind of comes pretty natural and definitely not an artist. 
Um, but even working as a nude model that has really helped me kind of like curate a smoother path of finding my creativity and more about my expression. And I think that's helped me kind of flourish into, you know, what I'm doing today. Wow. I mean, like you just bringing back a little bit to, you know, you mentioning um, the times or you may have felt a little bit of an outcast in your own family. Tell me a little bit about, um, you know, what you would tell people based off your experience, what you tell people who feel like they're lost in their vision, who don't feel supported or they don't feel like they have a passion. Cause I know that you've always been creative and you, I mean, listen folks, this, this woman, she's created like, I don't even know how many different businesses and events she can whip an event up in like five days and it's bomb. It, like, it's just unbelievable the determination that you have. Um, but there was a time when, you know, for a couple of years or a couple of months that you, I felt as your best friend that you lost a little bit or you were stifled a little bit in your creativity and, and your expression. So what, how did you get through that? And what would you tell people who maybe are feeling that way? Gosh, I remember exactly the time period that you're referring to. Um, it was a pretty dark place. And I think I made up a number of excuses as to why this was not going to be the case, or maybe even why I was content and happy where I was. Um, and I was in a specific relationship, a particular relationship that just was not serving me on so many different levels. And I think that it played a really big role in me trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. Um, but I think that the biggest takeaway from that experience was I, I wasn't not creating. It was just a lot of internal pr processing, you know, so externally it didn't look like I was doing a lot. Um, but internally there was always plans. There was always moves to be made. Um, and that was something that I, I really stuck to is that there really was a, an inner sort of North star for me where I was like, okay, all right, I've been doing this for about a year and a half. I'm still not feeling like myself. You know, I need to, I need an exit strategy. And that is something that I did take up doing. But, um, if you are not in that position and this has been, you know, a phase for you where you're not feeling creative or you're not feeling like yourself, I think the biggest push is going back to your basics. You know, I think you being my best friend really helped me to shift my thought process as well um, because I was stuck, you know, and I didn't realize I was stuck until you were like, okay, Serenity, what the F is going on? Like, you haven't done this, you haven't done that. Like, what's happening with you? And I, I, I didn't acknowledge it until after that phone call where I was like, shit, where am I? Like, what am I doing? You know? Um, but it's, for me, it was going back to my basics. It was literally going back to like doing things with my hands and trying to network, trying to put myself out there. Um, again, the phase was really in the beginning of when I moved to New York. So I didn't really know anyone. Um, I also didn't have a car for a very huge chunk of the time that I first moved here. So just navigating and becoming more aware of my surroundings was really tough. Mm. Um, and a lot of my creativity was stifled because of that. You know, I didn't have that same flow that I had when I was in Toronto and a lot of people knew who I was and I was constantly in the eye of the community that I had, I had helped build. Um, and coming to New York was literally a do-over. It was like starting from scratch and having to pick up all these pieces. And I'm so grateful for Sugar Beauty Bar because again, it's, it's the space that I want to be bigger than just hair removal, mm -hmm. but, um, it's something that I finally feel like is mine, you know, like I'm, I'm helping to build a community of beautiful women who feel empowered, but are also doing a lot of different things, you know? Um, and, you know, me, old me, that's like, 
you'd come to me like, hey, I need to do this. I'm like, all right, I got a friend. <laughs> you know, that was constantly my space where I knew somebody who could do something in whatever capacity is that you needed it in. And I took a lot of pride in that, knowing that I knew this many people in different network circles. And that's finally coming back where like yesterday, for example, I met a girl who's taking a doula course. Ooh. And I was like, add me to Instagram. I know all the people. I'm going to send you all the stuff. And that was, it was such a beautiful moment because I'm like my best friend's a doula and she follows all these accounts. I'm going to send them all to you. And she was like, oh my God, thank you so much. I was like, I got you, girl. <laughs> yes. That's me. <laughs> so, many, so many resources. And what was that test that you did where you, you're like a connector? Or what is it? Oh, so there's the, the mod modules, modules. Um, it was from an event that I had gone to. Uh, I can link that in our conversation today too. Um, but yeah, it's the quiz that basically just asks you a bunch of questions about, you know, how you, you take and receive things, how you like to do things. Um, and I came up as the connector, which is literally me. <laughs> and I think it's so perfect for you. So what I'm hearing just as a, as a small recap for people is you're feeling stuck. You're feeling you know, like you don't have passion where you're not supported three things to consider. What is your community? Do you have it? Are they around? Do you have accountability? Do you have a friend or someone who can keep you on track and remind you of who you are and your power? And removing toxic people because they drain your energy, those, those energy vampires. And even what I heard in there is that, you know, you said there was a lot of internal processing going on, even though it didn't look like there was a lot going on in the service. And this is a concept I've been looking into more. It's kind of like our internal winter, you know, um, even though outside in winter, it's just looking like there's just snow. There's so much going on in that soil, even though it looks dead. And what that's what they call the fertile void. And I think I've, I've had time periods in my life where I've been like that. Obviously you have as well. And even though it looks like there's not going on, that internal processing and not trying to fight it off allows that fertile void of soil of, of things for creativity to come up so that when you are ready or when the download from the universe comes through with this idea like sugar beauty bar and other things that fertile void of soil is there for you to act on it and so i think it's just a reminder to me that being in a dark place necessarily doesn't always have to be a bad thing i think there's a connotation to that and don't get it wrong i'm sure it is for a lot of people but there can be um, a, there's a reason for it. You know, you need to be shut out from everything else and come back to yourself and form something new and not stay there. Right. 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 So I love, I love that. Like broke that down. Like that's, that's crazy. I love that. So tell me now. So after all of that, what, what, what was that thing during that whole fertile void that Ha made sugared beauty bar be born you know what was that gestation process like and now that it's birthed and growing and what what was the story behind that um so i i tell people the story because they're like how did you start this whole sugar beauty bar and it's it's kind of an interesting idea um i was working at a sugaring place as the front desk person um really just filling in for somebody for a few months and I got really close with another girl who was a sugarista or a sugarist. And we went away on a vacation. And while we were away, she had come up with this idea that we should start our own thing. And I was like, oh, I mean, I don't really know too much about business, um, but maybe we could do this. You know, I know the front end, she knows the back end. And 
fast forward, we, you know, register the business, get everything up and running. Actually, the little girl who I sugared yesterday for the first time, she was the one who came up with the name of the business. Um, I just added the word bar to the end of it. Um, but, you know, we're snowballing, all these things are happening. And the day before we go to sign our lease, we both realize that this is not what we want to do collectively, you know, still, yeah, as a, as a partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, she still, we're still really great friends, but this was not the right avenue for her. And I'm now faced with this idea that I'm supposed to be the front desk person. And now I own a business, registered a business that is a sugaring business. And I had no actual like hands. I had a little bit of hands-on experience, but didn't really have enough where I felt comfortable to actually sugar on people. Wait, wait, for a second, because Mm -hmm. highlight that that's such an important, tough decision. You've gone through all this work, the legalities, everything. It's almost like a, like a, like an intimate relationship where you then decide, whoa, maybe I don't want to marry this person. Like that's hard. So that kind of, before you continue your story, where did you kind of make the strength to come up with that? Were you already telling people this and now it is not happening? So it was myself, my husband. We had another couple who I really confide in when it comes to like business management and stuff like that because they're they're both self-employed and really doing well in their industries. And, you know, they had already heard previous commentary about the situation. So we went over to their place and I was like, you know, at this point I'm like almost in tears. I'm really exhausted because I've been hustling and bustling for these last, you know, four or five months, getting all this stuff together. I'm talking website, I'm talking the name, I'm talking registration, I'm talking banks, the the lease, the lawyers, the, everything that we needed was in place. Like we literally had to go in the next day and sign documents and then that was it. We were ready to go. Construction was going to start. I had already had people lined up for construction. All of these things were in place and, you know, went over to her place, didn't work out, come home, do cry for about five minutes. I'm like, okay, I don't know what the F I'm going to do here because I don't know this business, you know? And that was something that actually surfaced when I had originally reached out to the woman who owned the sugaring business, who is now my competition. Um, And she had also radiated that to me where she's like, you don't know shit about business. Like, why would I get into business with you? We had a whole discussion about this and you know, it's like full circle, I'm here, I'm doing it, it's happening, it's working. Um, But in that moment when I realized that this was not gonna work, I don't know, something sparked in me that I was just like, I can't not do this. I can't not see this through. I never saw saw myself being a business owner on my own. I always thought I would need a partner. I would have to have a partner because it's easier, you know, workload and financially speaking, just everything made sense if there was two of us. Um, And now I don't even see that being a possibility. I, I really don't. Like, I think that in order for this vision to come out the way that I want it to, um, this has to be a one woman show that's kind of helping to delegate and orchestrate a, a symphony, if, if you will. You know, I don't see this being something that I need to team up with somebody on. Um, but, you know, obviously things change if that that does present itself in a, in a positive manner. But moving forward, it was just, it was, it was really scary. It was really sad. Um, and like you said, you know, it's that processing, okay, this person's not somebody that I need to jump into bed with. Um, and that's okay. You know, we are still friends. We are still, we still hang out. It's, it's not, she's a bad person or I'm a bad person. This just wasn't a good fit for us in general. 
Um, but yeah, it was, it was really eye opening and I decided to go take a sugaring course. I signed up for waxing so that I could, you know, be licensed and, you know, have a steady job. And I've been working this in the background. Like I still have my full-time job that I've cut back my hours significantly, but I still have that safety net, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, to help, you know, perpetuate my incomes until I'm making enough so that I can move this business out of my home and into a proper establishment. Um, but it's been a really beautiful journey. Like I officially saw my first client in February, the very beginning of February, and I closed down in mid-March. So that's literally six weeks. And then I've been open for six weeks and I've just seen my 150th client. Wow. So that altogether, that's literally only one quarter. That's 12 weeks of, of being in business to 150 clients. Like that's, especially during a pandemic where no one wants to be close to, you know, what is that, um, you know, what's the secret sauce for you? You know what, I mean, maybe there isn't, maybe it's literally just hard work, but I think a lot of people would just be like, you know what, it's just serenity. She's just got that thing. And I mean, I would say yes, but also I feel like you would not agree with that completely in that there is things that people can do um, to, to get to success. And it's not just a magical thing that some, some God or something has doused onto you. I really don't think it's magic, but I do believe that the universe has presented this really unique opportunity for me to just flourish in all the ways that I know how, you know, I'm talking, being able to host events, which is something that I've been doing for a decade. You know, I'm talking marrying all of my passions into one specific thing. I always, always talked about the idea that I want to work with more women. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I've been preaching for at least five, six, seven years now. And I didn't really know in what capacity, you know, I thought that that would be naked Skype. I thought that that would be embrace your body back. I thought that that would be, um, a number of different things. I thought it'd be hosting events. I thought it'd be working at particular places, but it's, it's literally me, like me being able to connect with other women and help other women is through my business. It's through the work that I'm doing. And if, this is not magic sauce. Um, this is just a lot of trying to figure out who you are. That, that's, that's in a nutshell. It's really just trying to figure out what your passions are and who you really are and what's going to make you the happiest in your work. You know, because I wake up every day and I know this sounds totally cliche, but I don't feel like I'm working. You know, there's ordering and there's money management and there's you know all that kind of stuff that i'm not in love with don't get me wrong like this is not beautiful on all levels but the actual physical work that i'm doing does not feel like a job mm. at all any day of the week like me putting together my instagram page does not feel like work me putting together an event does not feel like work me talking with women at my job does not feel like work like there's no aspect of this that feels like oh I got to go do this thing. It's never felt that way. And that's why I keep driving towards it. That's why I'm like, all right, I have to make this work because this is, this is my job. Like this is, this is my livelihood. So, okay. So two things in there. Number one, it sounds like for anyone who's trying to actually figure out their passion or their vision, you can't just think about it. You have to trial and error, do stuff. You have to get out there, meet people. You have to have experiences and know what you like, what you don't like, what you hate, what you never want to do again. Because again, you've done many things. I've done many things and we will continue to, many, to do many things. And Trigger Beauty Bar and everything that we do will continue to evolve as we grow, but you're never going to get there 
continuing to do the same thing. It's like that quote, I don't know who said it, Einstein or something, you know, insanity, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So if you want a better relationship, you want to better yourself, you want to find your passion, you can't keep doing what you're doing. And only people like yourself who are successful, what is that quote? Successful people are willing to do what ordinary people are not. Mm-hmm. So if you're not willing to, to be okay with doing the stuff that you don't really like that much, like the money management and this and that, you're not going to get to do the fun stuff that you enjoy doing. Right. So there's got to be some trade-off there. But I always remind myself and my, my fiance, this is, life is not a dress rehearsal. This is it. This is the big show right now. And so there's no time to not live it up. There's no time to not do the big thing because you may not cut. I don't know what anyone believes in, but you may or may not come back and have another, another opportunity. And are all those dreams and goals and visions and, and moments of inspiration that you were gifted, are they going to die with you? Um, and I think that you are definitely someone who has been uh, not blessed, but shone upon by the universe because you take those those nudges you you accept and listen to those intuitive um you know winks and you're like okay i hear you let me try this out even though that like let's go back to the whole story about you know you're about to sign the papers okay maybe some people would have seen that as a failure and just given up completely but now that you're ready to set up your own shop you know exactly what the heck to do to the t so there's literally no, no loss whatsoever. And even if there was a loss of money or whatever else, you have to find the, the gift in that. Yeah, definitely. Like behind all of this. And the, I mean, there'll be continue. I will continue to have failures at, at any given point in my life. This is not a complete uphill sort of climb for me. There's going to be a lot of ups and downs, especially when I'm ready to finally officially open. But I think that the biggest takeaway from all of this is that there are failures behind all these people who have success, you know, and we see them as influencers. We see them on the TV. We see them playing sports. We see them doing all of these things. You know, we, we, I don't know if people listen to interviews of the people who they idolize because that's where a lot of the truth comes out about how they got to where they are, you know, and I tell my little sister this all the time because she just watches these influencers on YouTube and she thinks that everything is so wonderful and perfect and I'm like girl it took them 40 hours to get that one video up Mm -hmm. constantly just staring at a screen it's not just oh I get to record myself today there are tons of failures behind that actual production you know and yeah a lot a lot of work and that's that is the biggest takeaway for me is that there's constantly going to be work to, 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 there's constantly going to have work to be done and you can't shy away from the things that you are unfamiliar of mm-hmm. or the things that you don't like to do. So can you give us a quick little uh, insight? Cause obviously you have an amazing Instagram feed and website and it looks so beautiful. And I think it's like you were just saying about your sister, it's easy to see that and be like, Oh, she's just got this shit on lock. Can you just give it us a quick day in the life of serenity? Like the behind the scenes, not just, you know, you, you're doing your client, you're, you're working with a client, but like, what is the gritty behind the scenes look like? So people can remind themselves that it, it's not always glamorous. Yeah. So, um, I've started a new regime. Um, this is maybe over the last month or two, I wake up and I have this tool, it's called feet up. And basically it's an assistant, like a tool to help you do yoga. And I love it because it helps you get upside down safely. So I literally stick my head into it and then I go upside down and I kind of just 
meditate, if you will, upside down um, for about five minutes, five, seven minutes. That's what I do every morning. I roll out of bed. It's in my bedroom and I just walk into it and just get up, go, go upside down and just stretch my shoulders because this is also therapy for my job that I do. Like I'm constantly using the right side of my body and I need to stretch that right side of my body. So that's a part of that. Okay. Wake up, do that. Ideally, it would be a smoothie or a matcha. Depends on what kind of wake up call I need. What time are you waking up at? Oh, I am waking up at 6.55 every day. See, this is <laughs> business when you have, you know, set hours. Okay, people? Yeah, and it's, it's, it's cool because I, I'm getting up and I'm like kind of taking a breather into the things that I really want to do. Um, that will change a little bit on Wednesdays because now I'm hosting this virtual co-working space every Wednesday morning from seven until nine. So I'll probably have to get up maybe like 6.30 on those days, mm -hmm. um, but respectively 6.55, get up, kind of start my day, um, jump in the shower, throw on my, my awesome skincare <laughs> um, um, items and I think the first thing that I normally do is check to make sure that the feed that I have set up is, is proper. Like that's going to go out. Um, I, I've talked endlessly about different apps that I use to actually make sure that this stuff is done seamlessly. Um, if I have things to order, I will place those orders. Like last night we got in from a friend's place. I had orders to place. Um, I had posted about the soaps that I made and I literally sold out of all of them. Like that was 25 soaps. They're gone. Like I have, I have no more. Um, so I'm re-upping on those things. So between ordering and talking to clients and confirming appointments for the following day and checking my schedule, reorganizing, giving discounts to people that need to get their discounts, reaching out to women who I want to do, um, women we love segments on, um, that it's going to become an ongoing flow of in many interviews on IGTV with women who either are close or far um, that are hosting and running their own businesses. That's like my new baby. It's literally something that I live for. I'm actually doing it today, Tuesday um, at 10 a.m. as well. And yeah, it's just been a flow. Like I, I don't really have a rigid schedule right now. It's just whatever needs to happen is going to happen. That, that's where I am right now. If I realize I need to order something, I order it. If I realize that I missed something, I pick up the slack on it. Um, and just trying to find a, a beautiful flow where I don't feel like I'm overwhelmed, which is always going to be the case. Um, but it's really just trying to come from that space where it's like, all right, overwhelming looks like this today. How can I diffuse a little bit of that? If that means I go grab my favorite sushi, I go do that. If that means I need to take a break in the day, which is something that I'm, I'm trying to remind myself of to break up my day. Um, you know, it doesn't all have to be sugaring. That's why I've, I've inserted these co-working spaces and the women we love segments um, so that I do have something else to look forward to in my day so that I have something that I can kind of attach myself to. So that's, that's pretty much it, but early wake up and bang it out. Wow. So again, there's work. <laughs> it's not, the, it, we just see the highlight reel. We don't see everything else that goes behind it. And, and this is just a, a small little taste of the things that you do to make your, to make yourself successful. So I want to end off with two things. One, as a woman of color, as a black woman, as both of us are, I know that you personally have experienced, there was this meme or this, video, this picture I saw on Instagram that was like a black woman drowning, okay? And society reaching its hand out to her. 
and society saying, before touching her to help her out, you're so strong. And then the next picture is them saying you're so strong by high-fiving her as she's continuing to drown. Mm. Next picture is she's, she's under the water. So this whole idea of strength through adversity is, is super important. We hear this a lot in the personal development space. Um, I've been trying to flip the script personally on strength versus support. But, you know, where has there been times, if you want to share briefly, where strength has served you? But then also the perception of strength has has harmed you and you have needed to seek support. Ooh, that's such a good question. Um, I'll start with where it hasn't served me. Um, I think my biggest downfall, if I can call it that, is being the strong friend for my friends and not getting the same outreach that I would give them in the same capacity, you know, um, I am the strong friend where, you know, I'm constantly reminded that, you know, you've gone through so much, et cetera, et cetera. And it's hard to reach out to those same friends who see you as the strength. So I, I, sometimes I don't ask for help. Sometimes I don't reach out in the times that I do need to reach out because I feel like, oh gosh, like, you know, they have their own struggles happening. I can't, you know, put my, my struggles on top of their struggles type thing. Um, and that's when I feel like being the strong friend or being having all having the strength to continuously keep moving forward is it a downfall to me because I, I don't feel like I can reach out in the same capacity that I would if I wasn't that strong friend all the time. Um, and that's the same for my interpersonal relationships, like, you know, dating somebody who feels as though, no, you got this, babe. And I'm like, I know I got this, but right now I don't feel like I have this. You know, right now, I don't feel like I have the strength to carry me into what I need to do. Um, and that is sometimes, you know, red flags for me, obviously, in relationships, but also a, an unlearning for that person and a learning for me to say, hey, I'm feeling like I'm underwater right now. I need you to assist me. And assisting me looks like this. I never used to be able to articulate myself in that manner where I could actually tell the person, hey, this is what's going on with me and I need this to help recover. Um, but that's been a journey. That has been a process where I immediately thought in the beginning, people should just know that. You know, you should just have an idea that I'm struggling and be able to help me in what way. Um, understanding the five love languages has been crucial for me because it, it allows me to understand how that person does see showing love and share love and helping. I'm acts of kindness and quality time. So I'm constantly wanting to help and repair people that are around me um, by just helping them like physically. All right, this is the mission. All right, let's break down how this has to work. Um, yeah. And I've always been that person. So when I don't receive that in the same fashion, I'm like, like, damn, like, how do, how do I do this? You know, it's, it's, it's a struggle and it, it's frustrating even at times. Um, it's strange. Yeah, very draining, very draining. Um, but on the flip side, being the strong friend or having strength and coming from strength all the time really does give me that extra edge to be above the herd. You know, like I'm, I'm constantly looking at what other people are doing in my field, within the spaces that I'm in. And it's, I know I can push harder. I know that I can get up earlier. I know that I can see, see the other end of that tunnel. And it's, that is something that I do value with, in myself is that I'm constantly seeing the other side of what this is going to look like, you know, and it's through random conversations with people who either tell me that I can or can't do something where I'm like, 
okay, bitch. <laughs> You're right. Or I'll show you. <laughs> wait, just wait, you know? And I love naysayers because it, it kind of fuels me in a, in a, in a lot of ways. Um, but, you know, having that strength, it's, it's really just helped me have a bit of an edge. And I feel like it's, it's not a negative thing. I think just curating more spaces for myself within the people who are significantly close to me, that's something that I need to personally work on where strength doesn't always look like strength and, you know, serenity cries and serenity gets frustrated and, you know, serenity has down moments and it's not always happy, go lucky. Mm. Um, even in my darkest moments, if I had to sugar a girl today and I was not feeling a hundred percent, she would never know that. Yeah. You know, that face comes on that facade, that idea that this is bigger than me and the, the, the downward, spiral or the darkness that I'm feeling cannot reflect on other people. And I don't want other people to carry that energy is a huge guiding path for me where it's like, turn this off, turn this on, get moving, like push through this. And that's, I don't know. It's, it's just always been something that I've been capable of doing. So knowing that, that, and my final question, you know, the only that you push, you're strong, um, you know, maybe in the past you haven't been supported. Maybe times you have, I think that that constant push energy is important, but it also uh, is tiring. <laughs> um, and so my question is, you know, what do you do to remind yourself that, Hey, PS, you're loved. What's your self-care, not even self-care. What's your self-love practice or belief that you energize yourself or just tend to your heart um, when you need to? Ooh, um, couple of things, couple of guilty pleasures, um, definitely retail therapy. Um, but in the sense where I'm not going out buying all these crazy different things, I actually go thrift shopping. Yes. You are the master of that. I remember we were in Paris and you took me thrift shopping and I was like, whoa, this is. <laughs> yeah. I do thrift shop in every country that I visit. Um, but apart from that thrift shopping just helps me feel like I'm picking out really unique pieces that are specific to me from the universe. That's one thing that I, one place that I do connect with the universe on, um, where I just go into a space and if I even just find the smallest purse or a pair of a scarf or whatever, I, I know that this belongs to me. This is just for me because there's nothing out there that exists in the same capacity that's being sold, you know, today. Mm -hmm. So that's one way that I really do take back like my energy and take back my space is just go find something that's really unique. Um, other things that I love doing is actually washing my hair. Mm -hmm. Um, I've gotten into a really great routine where I just with myself, I put on some music and my hair washing process is about two hours. Yes. So that's two hours of self care, self love. I jump out of the shower. I moisturize myself. I'll do a face mask. Um, and just chill, like literally whatever that looks like. Um, I do indulge in edibles as well. So that's been another journey for me where I, <laughs> that's a whole nother episode. I can see your face right now, um, <laughs> where I've dived into that. And it's been really, really healing for me because it allows me to tap into spaces where I would once be very, um, frustrated or, um, irritable or, um, not feeling, you know, present. And this really helps me become that. Like I'm having very emotional conversations with my husband and just 
winging it. Like I'm sitting there like feeling like I'm bigger and better and not in a bad way, but in a way where I'm just like so clear about what I'm trying to, to say, you know? So clear on my questions, um, not hostile, just like taking poise and it is beautiful. So I wish edibles and <laughs> washing my hair. <laughs> I love that. I love that. You know, everyone, Serenity is, is such a great example of, of how much can shift and change if you do the work for yourself. Uh, it's not about shifting and changing and doing the work to look a certain way, but it's, it's for yourself. And, and like you are one of those people who, it's not like an intention, but you aspire to inspire. And I think you just do that by living your life. Uh, which to me is a true influencer. It's not these, you know, look at me sharing this product or, you know, look at my buying and body, which, hey, if you want to do your thing, do your thing. But for people who resonate on a more deep level, um, you are someone, it's so easy for people to be attracted to you because you're real. You're a real, you're a real one. So please let's show Serenity some love. We're going to post about this on our Instagram. Please leave some comments, rate, review, and subscribe if you have any more questions for her. We'll, probably gonna have to do part two to this for both of us um but i just thank you for just being that that shining light uh you, it's not your responsibility but you just do it in your in your everyday life and we're all so blessed and grateful to know you i am so blessed and grateful to know everybody who i do know because you have inspired me to continue inspiring others so it's 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 a give and take always always until next time folks remember P.S. You are loved. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.